Jalen Warren's got a big gain. Warren streaking down the sideline. And they break the seal. Touchdown, Steelers. Hey, everyone. Jeff here with an update for you all. We just wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded on Monday night. On Tuesday morning, the entire Steelers fan base received some incredible news. Offensive coordinator Matt Canada was relieved of his duties, fired as of Tuesday morning. We just wanted to give you a heads up before you go ahead and listen to this episode. We ask that you still do so. We have a lot of really, really great content. And Polt and I will be back with another episode this week detailing some of the stuff we heard and think about the Steelers moving forward following this huge announcement. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Real Steel, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. No BS, just The Real Steel. I'm your host, Jeff, and joining me is my co-host, Polt. And the Steelers lost a bad one to the Browns. 13-10, miserable game, miserable offense. And uh, Polt, that's really all I have to say about it. So yeah, let's let's call it. Good talking to you, and uh, we'll talk next week. (laughs) That was an easy episode. No, nah, there's a lot more to talk about. I mean, whether it's do, good or bad, there, there's do we definitely have a lot to? of things to talk about. Yeah, we, we do because that's what we do. That's what we do on The Real Steel. We, we talk about it, whether it's good or bad. You can't be a bandwagon fan like the rest of Pittsburgh, and uh, we're not fair weather, fair weather fans. We, we follow them from through the good and the bad, no matter how bad or how good. And uh, we jump ship. Everybody jumped off earlier this year already and thought the season was dead and said the Pittsburgh Steelers were buried when we were two and two and lost 30 to six against the Texans. We're six and four after week 11 season's not dead yet. It was, it was a bad game, but that'll happen. All right. You're not wrong. Not, I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm not jumping ship here, but I'll tell you what I am, who I am giving up on. And, um, you know, I, I didn't want it to come to this, man, but um, I think that game for me officially took me off the Kenny train. That did it for me. And I know you're going to probably defend him and have some things to say, and I want to hear it because, man, I think we should jump right into this because I can't find much more to defend this guy. I mean, I can't defend his play on, on Sunday. I mean, he played, he played pretty bad. Missed some, missed some throws, had a lot of miscommunications with, with receivers and just, just didn't look comfortable. Um, but, I mean, to say that I'm completely out on the guy, that's what all of Pittsburgh's doing. And, and I think that's the easy thing to do. The easy thing is to just throw it on one guy and, and not blame the group and not blame the, the team as a whole. And, and, and listen, he hasn't played well, but it's hard for me to, to be completely done with him. I know he's, they, I think it's what, like 22 games or something he's played. I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's gotten a good. Uh, he's has, hasn't gotten a fair deal out of this. And and sure, he is definitely to blame or part partly to blame. But he is not. He does not deserve the full blame. So I think it's easy to just overreact and say, "Ah, Kenny, we're done with Kenny." But I'm not done with him. So I, I hope I hope you prove me wrong. I hope Kenny Pickett proves me wrong for sure. But to me, it's like. Who else do you blame? Because I, I'm sitting here, and, and we can jump into you know no Canada in a minute. I, I do think that played a role, and obviously the offensive play of this game. But dude, 
we we have sat here and sliced and diced Kenny's stats before and and said, oh yeah, he's he's crap during the first three quarters, but turned it on and turns it on in the fourth quarter. Kenny was dog shit in the fourth quarter in this game. So throw that out the window. I mean, he even if it's miscommunication, like you said, I think miscommunication between a quarterback and a wide receiver, well, 50% of that's on the quarterback, right? He's missing throws on on really short screen passes you look to one there's a play that he missed um Deontay Johnson wide open and and he threw a pass to Jalen Warren at the end of the game where Jalen Warren just got swarmed and he threw the screen behind him so Jalen had to turn around and make a 360 turn Kenny's still rolling out um and still spin moving directly into to getting sacked and getting contact he's not making his reads I I think that there is an issue at hand with Kenny and I don't know who else you blame. Yeah, our receivers dropped some balls. Yeah, our line didn't have the best game. They, they let Miles Garrett through quite a few times. But um, I, I just find a hard time not to look past putting most of the blame on Kenny in this one. I mean, you could blame Kenny in this game, but everything you just stated is something that is coachable. Every single thing. The stepping up in the pocket, the pocket presence, the, 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 the precision, precision on the, on the passes, the, like the way it's executed. Uh, all of those things you're talking about is is all coachable, and and obviously he hasn't gotten coaching because he's regressed. And and you can I, I mean I'll even say he's definitely regressed as a as a passer as a as a quarterback and as a as a player, and and it's a shame because I think there was definitely some positives early in the year and at the end of last year, and he has shown signs even like as recently as like a week or two ago he's shown sign signs of being being having solid moments. But I mean. It's not all Canada, but Canada certainly is part of the problem. I don't think any of the route concepts, I don't think any of the play designs, a lot of it just doesn't make sense and doesn't put Kenny in a position to succeed. The offensive line was destroyed on Sunday. I mean, Kenny barely had time to throw it ever. And, and, and the wide, wide receivers don't help either. I mean, Ken, Kenny, I don't know. He can't see the middle of the field. That's all on him. Sometimes he misses throws. He, he missed a couple in the game on Sunday. But, I mean – just to throw it all on one guy for the offense, the whole offense sucking is, is kind of tough. So if this is coachable, then like who, who is that on? Is it on, is that on Canada? Is it on Mike Sullivan, the quarterback coach? I think it's on both. I think, yeah, I think it's on both. He has to, I mean, you've seen, there's, there's a lot of quarterbacks when they come in early in their careers, they're, they have happy feet and they try to leave the pocket really quickly because they just don't trust it as soon as they're pressure and and eventually it ends up getting coached out of them and to learn to to have better pocket presence and i mean there's a lot of quarterbacks that go through that and, and kenny's definitely i mean the spin move is bad and it was gone for a couple of weeks it showed back up this week but he did have pressure all over him and i'm not saying every single i mean there was definitely opportunities to step up but stepping up in the pocket is something that not a lot of college quarterbacks do and it's something that gets taught in the pros. And and obviously there just isn't that infrastructure to teach him or, or try to develop him as a quarterback. Yeah, here's here's just what I sit on though. I, and I get it. We we go back and forth about this and and we know that, you know, I, I would argue that Matt Canada is hindering the development of Kenny. We we know that that's a fact. Um there's been chatters that maybe Kenny Pickett is ruining Matt Canada, which I think is a total joke. Um, I, I, I don't think things are that bad. But here, here's what really kind of gets, gets me going is here's Kenny's stats over the last three games. 19 of 30 for 160 yards and one touchdown. 
14 of 23 for 126 yards, no touchdowns. 14 of 27 against the Browns for 93 yards, no touchdowns. Like how, how are you throwing less than, gosh, less than a hundred yards on 27 attempts in the last game? If, do you look where he throws the ball? He, he doesn't throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. And when he does, he throws it short of the sticks on second and third down. Like we still have poor execution. That how, I mean that isn't all on him. I, well, when we're when we're designing plays to th- run screen passes with no blockers, that's not on him. When 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 he's trying to throw the ball short of the sticks, it's because nobody's open because the play design is terrible, and he's just trying to dump it off. And I mean, I don't know if you watched how many other games you've watched this weekend, but guys dump it off on third downs all the time to a not take a sack, b try to let their playmakers make plays. And see, it's just because that's all that's available because the defense takes everything away. I mean, the other thing is when you have your, your other players in the locker room basically saying that the other team knows what we're doing and it's pretty obvious, Najee Harris is the newest one this week. I mean, there's all these guys that were – Najee was biting his tongue earlier in the year. Now he's the one coming out and saying that everybody knows what we're doing and it's terrible. How do you expect anybody to succeed? And, and where I say it's not Kenny, we've seen this with like three or four different quarterbacks. This is Kenny. This is, I think, Rudolph's gotten in, maybe, maybe not. Mitch Trubisky, Ben Roethlisberger, everybody has struggled and played like this with Matt Canada. Every single quarterback we've had. And I don't care if you bench Kenny right now, it's not going to get any better. It was terrible with Trubisky, and we were calling for his head at the beginning of last season. Maybe that was a little bit overreaction. But it's not going to change. We've seen Trubisky play this year. He was terrible. I'd put in Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph's not going to do much better. I, I don't mean, know, man. Listen, good good coaches good coaches make gutsy moves. Robert Sala, coach of the Jets, just benched Zach Wilson after relatively mediocre performance, right? Bill Belichick, earlier in the season, he benched Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi. Um, Desmond Ritter got benched in Atlanta. Like, there's a lot of quarterbacks that you think are going to be the starters that coaches make moves. And yeah. and I, I'm just really frustrated that, that you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know if benching Kenny is really what it is. And, and this goes back. We, we talked a little bit about this, you know, off the episode is this goes back to my frustration is I, I'm you hear me. I'm so fed up right now with Kenny. And, and probably a lot of it is because of Matt Canada. This this game. How does this game not give you the reason to fire Matt Canada? Like this should be the final straw here. And and we're never gonna know, unfortunately. I, I'm 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 listening to everything you're saying and and I agree with you, but I, I do I'm putting a ton of the blame on, on Kenny for this one and, and he's making me believe a lot less in him. But I feel like this is really the game where this should have sparked change and it's not going to, and it's frustrating yeah. and um, I'm what I'll, what I'm telling you is I'm the most not looking forward to the most is that if we squeak by with a 10 and eight record and is that math, right? Yeah, no, 10 we and seven, seven we get a 10, left, yeah. say we get to a 10 and seven record, whatever it is, we get a wild card spot. We get destroyed in the playoffs. Matt Canada is retained and nothing changes. And we just have another mediocre eight, nine win season next year. Like when, when does it end? Because we thought that this was supposed to end last year. Or we thought that, that the offense was finally going to come together with Kenny this year and Matt Canada. And, um, I don't know, man. It's hard. It's frustrating. I mean, we've been saying that, that, uh, but 
them not changing or moving on from people is not Kenny Pickett's fault. No, it's not. But Kenny Pick them losing thirteen to ten is not a hundred percent on Kenny Pickett. And uh, the, the sixth, the fifth or sixth round pick winning the game is not a hundred percent on Kenny Pickett. He did just as bad, if not a little bit better than Kenny Pickett did. But to your point, watching this game, if this doesn't show you how bad our coaching is, I don't know what will because in the first half, that fourth that fourth quarter drive by Dorian Thompson Robinson, it's it's so much easier for him to play because they actually give him open receivers and opportunities to make plays. I mean, they had like a fourth string tackle and a guy they called off the street last last week playing their tackles and Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt were nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Kenny can't block for himself, but the Browns found a way. They find ways to, to ha- make their offensive line play well. They give open receivers for Dorian Thompson Robinson. I mean, he didn't play that well either, but they gave him opportunities, and there was t- and his stats would have been a lot better if his, the, the Browns didn't drop the ball as many times as they did. But like, if you couldn't, if you don't watch that game and you don't see the difference between the Steelers' offense and the Browns' offense outside of the quarterback play, then I, I don't know. You're j- I just to me it was very very obvious seeing how much more creative the offensive offense was for the Browns. Yeah. It really was. No, I agree. I mean, I look at this: eleven drives, nine punts for the Steelers. Nine, yeah, nine punts, two scoring drives, one field goal, and one touchdown. Oh, by the way, that touchdown was an incredibly long run, 74 yards by Jalen Warren. We'll talk about Jalen Warren in a second because he's a dog. Yeah. But um, for the most part, I mean, if that, if that score didn't happen, Jalen Warren ran that ball from our 26-yard line. The way that things were looking probably would have ended up with a punt on that drive, right? So you get shut out in the first half. You're going to go well into the third quarter, well into the fourth quarter before you even get points on the board. Um, our field goal came right at the start of the fourth quarter. So very well could have been, you know, just three points for the Steelers here if that take that long play out of the game. Um, and and I don't know what credit Matt Canada deserves for that Jalen Warren run because Jalen Warren made quite a few guys miss and, and was running hard. Here's here's where I get annoyed. I don't know, and this is where I came out with the fair weather and the the crap about the the fans. What was everybody expecting? First of all, fine. It's, and fair. second of all, if if you look at the stats, I mean, it, it's night and day. And, and winning and losing, I know that's the name of the game, and 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 that that's what determines what everybody thinks. But the offense did the exact same things in week two against the Browns. Literally the exact same. Like let, let's dive into it. In week two against the Browns, we had 255 total yards. This past week, we had 249. You say, okay, Jalen Ward had a 74-yard touchdown run. Well, we had a 71-yard touchdown pass to George Pickens in week two. So if you take those big plays out of it, in week two, we had 184 total yards. In week 11, we had 175 total yards. Mm-hmm. In week two, we couldn't run the ball. In week two, we had, uh, how much, we had 55 rushing yards and 200 passing yards. In week 11... It was the flip, it was the reverse. We had 163 passing yards, or I'm sorry, 77 pa- net passing yards. 106 is what Kenny threw for on his stats, and 172 rushing. It was the it was the exact same thing. The difference is the defense didn't make the splash plays and score two touchdowns. I mean that's it. And this is a num- this is the number one defense in the NFL, and we have struggled against good defenses. The 49ers, the Browns. I mean we have struggled. I, I, I just don't understand why the reaction is so 
is so crazy right now. I mean, what what did we expect? We all knew it was going to be a low-scoring game. Everybody predicted 16-13 or 13-10. I know the offense looked horrible, and, and, and there's no excuse for that. And it, being the number one defense is no excuse. But just for everybody to freak out now because we lost a game is, is just ridiculous. It was the exact same game as the, the first time against the Browns. The defense just didn't make the splash plays, which it's hard to do that every week. I mean, you can't expect them to do that every week. Listen, fair. Uh, I, I get that. I'll, I'll tell you why, at least from my perspective, why, why I ha- am having this reaction and, and why I think it's warranted, actually. Halfway through the fourth quarter, seven minutes, 40 seconds left. It's a tie ball game, 10 to 10. All right. We kick a field goal. We kick off to the Browns. And they, they have a three and out and they punt it back to the Steelers. So we get the ball again, under six minutes, four plays, and we punt the ball back to the Browns, still 10-10. We stop the Browns after five plays. They punt us the ball just inside the two-minute warning. After This was at the time of the game where my heart is racing, right? I'm like, holy shit, we got to stop them. They're going to run out these three and a half minutes of the clock. They're going to go down, get a field goal, and kill it, and, and so be it. No, the Steelers get another chance to get the ball uh, inside two minutes. And what do we do? Three plays, no yards, three completely missed passes. We run 14 seconds off the clock, whatever that number is, 15 seconds. Who knows? And then what do we do? We punt it to the Browns. Not that we're going to go for it. I understand that decision, but we punt it. Sure enough, we leave the Browns a minute and 20 seconds. They come down. They put together that drive that you talked about. We commit some stupid field goal or some stupid penalties. The the delay of game, which I think is total bullshit call. Yeah. Jag off refs. Um, But nonetheless, we we turn a 45-yard field goal into a 35-yard field goal. Still makeable from 45s. Hopkins is a really good kicker. Was probably going to make it anyways. That is what pained me. That is what pained me is the fact that we had every single chance to win this game. I don't care about the first 15, 30, 45, 52 minutes of this game. Those last eight minutes, it was 10 to 10. And we had multiple drives, two drives, where we got four plays and three plays. And we stopped the Browns on two drives. And we could not do anything. Our defense did their job this game. Our defense played an amazing game, in my opinion. Yeah, they played a rookie quarterback, but 13 points on the board with three of those coming from a a game-ending field goal. Um, This defense, in my opinion, played really well. So this this is why I just say it's, it's purely on the offense. And that is why I'm saying, again, it's falling to Kenny, in my opinion, for most of this game. But that's why it's warranted, is because we had every chance to win this game and make it be 13-10 in our favor. Sure. But every, all six wins this year, we could our offense could have not figured it out and would have lost too. This is one of seven that this has happened on. Are the odds, I mean, we're still doing better, like positive more than we're doing negative. Maybe not for a whole game, but as you just said, you only care about the last eight minutes. And, and this is the first time all year when you're playing heart attack football, I mean, is what I'm going to name it. When you're playing heart attack football and trying to win by the skin of your teeth at the end of the game, you're going to lose every so often. It's what's going to happen. But going to the whole, the, that eight minutes on Kenny, that first drive you're talking about, he, they had a 12-year completion to get to the, the Cleveland 40 on the first drive of the first play of the game. Then there was an incomplete pass. I don't know what happened on that play. And then Najee, they ran the ball in second and 10, and Najee got stuffed for minus five yards. 
puts us behind the sticks, and then we're trying to figure it out third and 15, which we know we can't convert long third downs. I mean, I just – I don't know how that drive is on Kenny Pickett. I, I would just, have kicked a 60-yard field goal from the Cleveland 43 is what I would have done. Because <laughs> Cle- Cleveland wasn't kicking 60-yard field goals with their own kicker. Yeah, I would have done it. I would have done it. It's I would just, have tried it. I don't know. I, I agree. The offense is the reason. The defense, you can argue, I don't know what the heck happened on that last drive. That was – I don't know what happened. That mm, was, you're, you're playing soft coverage. You're trying to not uh, – I, I don't know. You, but Why are you playing soft coverage? The whole, the whole game, they were playing press, and it was working. Why, why change it? I, I, that's, they completely changed their, their, what they were doing on defense, and I just – I don't understand that. But, no, you're right. When you hold a team to 13 points, you should win every single game. I mean, you should. And, and so, yeah, I'm not going to put on the defense. It's 100% on the offense. But, again, it's on the offense as a whole. Jalen Warren played his ass off, and Jalen Warren was amazing. But everybody else, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, everybody else just didn't do enough. And, and Kenny is a large, large part of that. Jalen played his ass off. Yeah. I, I just got to do it. I just got to give it to him. Balls of steel. Jalen Warren. No oh, one yeah. else I can give it to. And and if you give it to him too, that's great. Double the no. balls for Jalen. He deserves no. it. Jalen was awesome. I've been calling him uh, this week. I, I came up with the name before the game. He reminds me of Maurice Jones-Drew. He, he's a short, like, stocky guy that is like a bowling ball when he runs around. And the guy runs really hard. And truly, I think he we have been a very Najee Harris supportive show. I think Jalen Warren has earned the right to be the number one running back and, and get more touches than Najee Harris. I mean, that's the other aspect of this. You, uh, you want to talk about coaching again? Jalen Warren has this long run and had two touches after that. Jalen Warren had nine carries the entire game and led all NFL running backs in week 11 in total yards on nine carries. Why are you handing this guy the ball only nine times? And why, are you, why is he touching it twice at the, uh, after his long run? Kenny Pickett? Is he is he making the personnel decisions? I mean, there's just so many aspects of it. I'm, it's just it's so nerve wracking that it falls on one guy when he's not on the sideline choosing who's in the game. The best player wasn't in the game. That's not Kenny's choice. But regardless, I digress. Jalen Warren was awesome. That 74 yard run was unbelievable. I don't think we would have scored all game if he didn't have that 74 yard touchdown run. So that was fantastic. Um, he he looks awesome and. I hope he can continue. I mean, I, and not that it was on Najee, but like, I mean, Jalen just looks like a better player right now. And it, it just is what it is. And yeah. that's okay. And I think Najee ran hard. I don't think yeah. Najee necessarily had a bad game. His stat sheet doesn't look well. Um, he he had a couple of times where I think the play call really didn't play in his favor. You mentioned that yeah. second and 10 where it was a loss of five yards. Yep. Um, yeah, a couple of times I noticed that happen. Um, so, yeah, nothing against Najee. It's, yeah, it's it's Jalen time. Um, still love Najee. But that, that's the other thing that bothered me is, like, early in this game, we were having so much success running the ball. I, I don't know why. I mean, w- sure, we have to play devil's advocate here, right? Because if we hand off the ball every time, we're going to bitch and we're going to gripe and say we need to, to do something different. But I yep. do think there's a counter argument here that says, why are you not doing what is successful? Run the ball. Now, all of a sudden, if they're going to stack the box and, and they're going to put, you know, nine out of their 11 defenders all up on the line of scrimmage, then then by all means, run a play action or do something and, and don't hand off the ball. Yeah. Um, but when you have the ability to run like you were, that's 
I, I get it. It's 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 not. I know it's not all on on Kenny. A lot of this falls to, you know, the coaching and the coordinators. But um, I gave my balls to seal to Jalen, and I just I'm I'm gonna give my jag off of the week to Kenny just because uh, I'm I'm frustrated with his play. I gave you some stats on his last three games. Here's one more that that you know I gotta say is. This, this one was interesting, and it was CBS that actually tweeted it out. 315 quarterbacks have 500 pass attempts since the merger. Only one has thrown a touchdown on fewer than 2% of his pass attempts, and that's Kenny Pickett at 1.9%. He's the only quarterback of 315 to have a small amount of touchdowns, uh, has the lowest percentage of touchdowns on at least 500 pass attempts. So um, that's bad. That's bad. And I think execution played a role in this game. So... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just another stat that we have said for years, we are a run-first team. And when we get in scoring situations, we're always running the ball. Dude, but I it's mean, historically bad. That's just I know, historically bad. That doesn't, I say know. It's, that doesn't say it's like, oh, like it, we're going to get out of it. He's not that great. That's saying like, he's, it's bad. I Yeah, I, I know. I, I know. But like, again, how many opportunities... I mean, I, I would love to know, and, and this would be an interesting thing to figure out. Every time they're in the red zone, how many opportunities has he had to throw? I mean, probably more than I think, and yeah. sure, probably should have more touchdowns. But, like, I mean, we always are looking to run the ball. When you get into that that area, I mean, you see these other teams, they're throwing passes, they're doing play action, they're giving their quarterbacks opportunities. He has had less opportunities. But, again, yeah, he hasn't executed correctly. I agree. I, I am not taking any – like, he deserves blame. And I'm not saying he's playing well at all because he's not. He's not playing well. But I just think it is way too soon and it is way too hard to, to try to evaluate him as an as a NFL quarterback with the situation he's being put in right now. And, and that's where I just come from. Listen, he's our quarterback the rest of the year. They're not going to do anything about it. He, he will be the quarterback in 2024, and I believe he should be with a different offense, offensive coordinator. He could be the worst quarterback in the history of the NFL. I don't know. But – I think the guy deserves another chance or, or, or more of a chance. And, and that's all I'm saying. I'm just not w- willing to give up on the guy yet. I know the rest of Pittsburgh is, but I- I'll stand on my ground there and I hope he, he proves everybody wrong. Will he, who knows? I mean, he's, he's been terrible, but we'll see. So I take it then you're, you're no Canada for this week's gotta be like a, a two. Cause that's yeah, it was a two. That's yeah, it was a two. I, I thought it was a terrible cold game. I, I just didn't think he did anything that, What's worth talking about, Pat came back. They, they don't even try to get him the ball. I mean, and I, you can argue some of that's on Kenny. That's fine. But, yeah, I, I was sure. not a fan. It's true. I mean, yeah, you know, we got six targets to Pickens. But, and, and you know, playing on your side, too, eight targets to Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson drops some balls. Um, uh, he dropped a couple balls that were in his hands that, I mean, in the miscommunication, we're not in the building. And there was a lot of miscommunication between Kenny and, and Deontay. And it sounds like they know what it was. It sounds like Mitch Trubisky came out and said that Deontay Johnson kind of came out and said that Kenny Pickett kind of came out. They all kind of have said like they know what happened. So it's terrible. That's happening week 11. Hopefully they can clean it up. But I mean, and I'm, I don't know whose fault it is. I'm not a, I'm not a football coach. I don't, I don't watch the film. I don't know whose fault it is, but obviously those two need to get on the same page. Cause if we're going to do well, we need, we need Deontay Johnson. But, but the last thing on the new Canada, I mean, and this is on Kenny too. And, and, and again, that needs to be taken. I'm not taking, I'm not saying Kenny's innocent. That, that is not at all what I'm trying to argue, but it's bad when your quarterback's coming out and saying that the game plan expected man, they played zone and we didn't adjust. That's, that's on Kenny, but it's also on the offensive staff. 
And if we can't adjust mid game, I don't really know how the heck we're going to win, win football games. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I mean, you, you could see like in that one image where Kenny was next, Canada was next to Kenny on the bench. Kenny looked pissed. Yeah, they he, all he, did. He, he, Kenny does not look like he's vibing with this guy. And, um, it's a good point. Although I, I will say though, you know, we've, we've had miscommunication as our excuse before and I don't get it. I, I mean, I get that there's miscommunication on routes and, and whatever happens, but um, yeah, it shouldn't, to be, your happening point, week 11. shouldn't be happening week 11, but it, no. it shouldn't happen multiple times after we've already referenced it happening. So um, that's frustrating. I, I, I will give you, I will give Kenny credit on one thing that, that toughness on that, that fourth and one sneak. I mean, the guys, the guy, plays hard he might suck but he plays yeah, hard. he plays hard he gives it his all i mean i i, I the guy's got grit I, I i don't want like i said the first thing i said i don't know if it was the first thing i said but i, I i'll i'll go back and what's it called when you you redact the redact. i don't know yeah well, what's the record something something to the record i don't yeah, know redact yeah all right whatever i'm going back i want it to be known that the first thing i want to say is i hope that kenny proves me wrong um i hope yeah. so but I don't know. I don't know if it will, if he will. But um, regardless, what else you got for me? You got a balls of steel. You got a jag off. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll start with the balls of steel. Um, and maybe this will lead us into this side of the ball. I think Alandon Roberts deserves my balls of steel this week. The guy was all over the field, playing in a in a position that I mean, he's playing middle linebacker still, but he's being asked to. What did he see? Let me check real quick. I think he might have saw every single snap. Um. Alana Roberts, okay, so yeah, 100% of the defensive snaps, him and De- DeMonte Casey were the only two defensive players to see 100% of the snaps. He's out there playing pass coverage, which is not his specialty. He had 15 tackles to lead the team. I just thought he was all over the field, played really, really well, really, really aggressive, and I'm so impressed with how he's playing. I, I really don't know where we would be without without Alandon Roberts. Yeah, I mean, 15 tackles, um, second best on the team, Trenton Thompson, a, a guy that we elevated, um, six tackles. So you're right, he was all over the field. Again, defense, I think, defense really played, you know, lights out, in my opinion. Here's some stats, held Cleveland to 259 yards, um, about three 3.4 yards per play, 33% in the red zone. We won the turnover battle. We forced eight punts. I mean, they 13, 13 points overall. The defense played really well. And yeah, I think Alandon Roberts was at the helm there. So um, it's good, good balls, good balls. Yeah. I mean, and just to talk about the defense, I mean, it, it's kind of been a patchwork defense a little bit. This week was, was kind of bad. I mean, we had Mikel Walker come from the, the practice squad of the Falcons, I believe. And he ended up playing in, 84% of the snaps at middle linebacker. I mean, Mark Robinson saw zero defensive snaps. If that doesn't tell you that they're totally out on Mark Robinson, then mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I mean, I, I had some faith for this guy and some hope for this guy, but obviously the, the defensive side of the ball, they don't think he's, he's worth anything. Well, yeah. And the news, the news today, this is Monday. The news is that we, we signed miles Jack who we cut and then got signed by the Eagles and, and then, then he retired, he retired. And uh, now he's back. Um, Miles Jackson being wearing number 16 for the Steelers. Hopefully he's a guy that might be able, if he's in shape, I mean, he passes physical, if he's in football shape, might be able to kind of plug and play right into, you know, this linebacking room. He knows it. He was a guy that we were really freaking pumped about having on our team last year. Um, so we'll see what happens with Miles Jack, but I think that that really affirms the point that we don't have faith in Mark Robinson. Yeah. I mean, not at all. And, and I do think Miles Jack steps right in. And I don't know if he, how much he plays, but I think he gives Mikel Walker a, a bit of a spell. I mean, the defense, defensive backs, too. I thought this was Joey Porter Jr.'s worst game. And 
his worst game is not not bad. Like I'll take it. But I mean, I did think this was the worst game he played. He had a a couple of pass interferences or penalties. Um, and and Mark Cooper yeah. got him a couple times. He's got to yeah. clean that up. He's handsy. Um, and we've knew we've known that he was always handsy at Penn State. He was handsy coming out. That was one of the biggest knocks on him. He'll work through it again. That's just something he's got to learn as he continues to play and. and and get better at his craft, but I thought he was in, he played his worst game. I thought Patrick Peterson again actually played all, all right. Um, Elijah Riley back there, like you said, Trenton Thompson, who they actually just signed to the active roster, so he's not a practice squad player anymore. He's probably out of uh, call up options. I mean, there's just a lot of guys who played and actually played. Shannon Sullivan had the interception. I mean, a lot of these guys that we don't necessarily want on the field were on the field, and and they played they played a really good game. So. Yeah, I agree. I thought the defense played really well. I would have liked more out of T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, um, especially when you know the famous debate is always it's always uh, T.J. Watt versus Miles Garrett, and Miles Garrett showed up in a big way, and T.J. Watt didn't. I mean, that's not yeah, all on did. T.J. Watt. He did have a sack, and and he did make some a couple tackles for loss. I I believe uh, two tackles for loss, but Miles Miles Garrett made bigger splash plays. Well. Uh, Dan Moore gave Miles Garrett pretty much a hall pass to do whatever the hell he wanted in this game. So okay, yeah, right. But Dan Moore's our starting left tackle, and TJ Watt was going against a fourth string tackle who was hurt and a and a hurt tackle and a guy that was off the street. And, and so that's just where it's like you, you got to be fair to both sides. Miles Garrett played fantastic. Dan Moore sure, sucked. he did. He he outplayed. I mean, Miles Garrett outplayed outplayed everyone on that team yeah. by far so i mean um, so there's no excuse on i still TJ, think he's but, a thug and shouldn't be in the nfl but that's just me <laughs> did you see that helmet thing i did see that helmet thing um while while you're here though i just think it's worth mentioning you said you said elijah riley elijah riley unfortunately we moved to ir today yeah. um and we signed kind of another guy that that wasn't really active in the nfl necessarily um eric rowe um he he's a veteran. He's played safety and cornerback. Played for the Dolphins, so he's pretty familiar with playing with Alan and Roberts. He also said he played for a little bit with Minka uh, before he got traded directly yep. to the Steelers. Um, so he's a veteran. I, I don't know exactly um, a lot I know about him. It, I know what his role is. I mean, he's a veteran that yeah, he's played a lot of football. He, I think he played in New England a little bit. Played in Miami. You saw on the defensive side of the ball, we still had a ton of again. It's a thing, miscommunication. And um, I think that's a lot of because it's young guys and it's a lot of new pieces. I think they're bringing Eric Rowan as another guy, another veteran presence that can kind of help sort some things out on the on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know how much he'll really play. I think he'll mainly play safety for us. Um, but I, I really think that's what it is to kind of help with some of this communication issues that the defense is having. Do and, you think and, this means that Minka's still not going to be ready? I am very concerned about that. I'm very concerned about that. I I don't know. He was out warming up before the game. He was like throwing passes around and stuff, but hamstring in- issues are tough. So I, I don't know. It's hard to tell. It, this doesn't look good. Let's just put it that way. Although Elijah Riley was supposed to be the, the fourth safety or the third safety. I know Miles Killebrew played a, a little bit in the game, so it might just be a depth signing, to be honest with you. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Um. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, I guess I got to give my jag off out. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give my jag off to, uh, I've done it to my, give it to myself before. I'm going to give it to you this time. What? I'm going to give it to you for, uh, even ma- for even bringing up and I'll say manifesting the win, win loss streak that the Steelers had going on. Ah, okay. Fair enough. Well, maybe I should just give you my jag off the week as well as Kenny Pickett, because That's you, right. you bought one of Kenny Pickett's jerseys. So, 
And That's I stand by that. Hey, yeah. I stand by Kenny. We'll see. He could be the worst quarterback of all time. And then it'd be funny if I had his jersey then. Yeah, I guess so. That's on you. I saw this meme today that was like Kenny Pickett. Is that like four panel one where it's basically like as you squint, it's like it gets blurry and then yeah. it changes. And it was Kenny Pickett changing into Tommy Maddox. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. All right. Should we preview the Bengals real quick? I think there's one more thing we got to talk about. I think we need to talk about the year as a whole. It, everybody's acting like this season's over and, and, and the sky is falling and, and we'll never win again. This is still a six and four football team, and it hasn't been pretty. We have talked about that. That's just Steeler football way. But we're still sitting in the seventh seed in the playoffs. We're still third in the division on the game back. I mean, we are right in this thing, and and I think we need to talk about that. We we lost yesterday, but our playoff chances, according to the New York Times playoff simulator, went up from sixty one to seventy percent. ESPN FBI only dropped us from fifty five to fifty three percent. We. I, we talked about it last week, actually. We went into these next two weeks saying if we split, we're okay. Mm-hmm. And, and the Bengals game looks completely different now. So, sure, I would have preferred to have beaten the Browns and, and then played the Bengals hard. But, I mean, we lost to the Browns. Now let's just go out and beat the Bengals, Cardinals, Patriots, Colts. And you're sitting at 10-4. Well, hold up. It goes win-win-loss, buddy. So, so <laughs> Good point. Win-win, lose against the Pats. Typical. I would hate that. Win, win, lose against the Seahawks. And then that puts us our last game of the year, January 7th at the Ravens. Who knows? Maybe that's a win. And then maybe it's a playoff wild card win and then lose in a divisional round. That's how everything's panning out. If, uh, if now, that's if you, going that way, if you manifest that you will get the balls of steel for the year. Cause that would be pretty awesome. All right. Sounds but, good. But no, I mean, it, but I mean, you see what I'm saying? The whole season's still in front of us. We have, Four very, very winnable games coming up. Then a Cincinnati team again without Joe Burrow. That's that's a fifth game. And then going to Seattle will be tough. But Seattle just lost to the Rams. I mean, the Seattle's not an unbeatable team. And then week 18 against the Ravens, to be honest with you, they might not be playing for anything. So we might be playing a, a bunch of backups. So I, I, I'm not saying we're going to win out. Definitely not. But we have this a lot to be hopeful for. And we still could go on a run here and be perfectly fine. Yeah, it's the beauty of we control our own destiny like we have very often. Um, it's a weird season. We've we've said it every every episode so far. Um, I, I'm not giving up hope. Uh, I'm, we've lost I'm to four very good football but, teams. Yeah. We've yeah. lost to the 49ers, the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Browns, who all are sitting in the playoffs, all are really good football teams. It sucks, but we're okay. We're 6-4. and four. We're right there. We're right all where we need to be. All right, we'll hang on to it. All right, let's break down this Bengals game a little bit because we are getting the Cincinnati Bengals without star quarterback Joe Burrow. Bengals sitting right behind us in fourth in the division, five and five. This game is on Sunday at Cincinnati. So it's it's going to be, a like you said, a big one. Um, yeah. Right now, I think the, the way the spread is, is that we're favored by one point. Wow, at, least according to, at least according to ESPN, um, over under is set at 34 and a half. It's a pretty low scoring game. Um, I think that's an implied score of like 18 to 16. So yeah, we know what we're getting with the Steelers. Um, I don't know, man. We'll see if we get Minka back. We'll see. 
what this team can do to look in the mirror and 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 make adjustments. I mean, it's another another divisional AFC North game on the road. It's going to be loud. It's going to be tough to communicate. We have a lot of new pieces we're trying to integrate defensively too, like we talked about. Is Miles Jack able to jump in and scheme up everything that that was done last year? Is it going to be a bigger change for him? Are we going to see guys um, come in and and be able to to play with this team? I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, but I mean they're missing their their best player in Joe Burrow, so it will be Jake Browning, the backup quarterback. Um, he played okay, I guess. I guess you could say against the Ravens in some limited time. I mean, but they have some injuries too, so we'll see. And the big thing here is this goes back to last year. This was the first team to really come out and say that they they knew all of our play calls and they knew where we were going on. If you remember Jermaine Pratt last year, I mean, mm-hmm. so hopefully we can change it up. But I mean, I'm not really expecting anything anything crazy out of that. Just some some going into the statistics for the game, the, the Bengals are the 20th team in, in points scored and 21st in points allowed. So they do give up 23 points a game. We'll see if the offense can take advantage of that. They're 18th in the passing game, but again, that's with Joe Burrow who will not be playing They're 30th in the rushing game. Our rush defense has really started to come on holding Cleveland. Who's a good run team under a hundred yards. So continue to look for that. Maybe Joe Mixon has a bad game and then defensively their defense is nothing to write home about either. They're 27th against the pass and 31st against the run. So look for Jalen Warren, Najee Harris to continue to to run the rock and and run it well. And hopefully they can run us to a victory because I don't really have any expectations out of the passing game. So hopefully the running game can can carry the load. Yeah. And just one other thing to point out, we do have to remember that Joe Burrow was out for a good bit of the preseason and and I think he got injured early in camp. Yeah. Um, and so Jake Browning took a lot of first team reps. So yes, it, this is, this is a new guy under the helm, but he's not someone who's totally unfamiliar coming into this system. So, um, I do expect him to be, you know, seasoned experienced in, in that sense of, of kind of knowing what to do and, and knowing what to get with his play calls. So the, the Bengals coming off two losses back to back against, against the Texans and the Ravens before that they had a four game win streak. So um, they're hungry. They're ready for a win. Just like we are. They know what they're fighting for. Um, if they want to play off birth, like everyone was expecting out of them, um, it's going to take a lot. So, yeah. And I think they are going to miss their top corner, Cam Taylor Britt. It sounds like he's not going to be back for the game either. So, and Sam Hubbard with their, one of their best pass rushers was out last week. So we'll see. Um, We'll see what the offense can do. It's going to come down to them. I really think we can put up some points. Uh, I think we we get up to twenty this week when when a twenty to thirteen type game. Not right. low scoring, but that's what the Steelers do. Twenty to thirteen Steelers over the Bengals. Who puts it in the end zone? Jalen Warren. That's the easy one. All right. How about a Pat touchdown? That'd I was nice. thinking the same thing. I was going to say it, but I didn't. I didn't want to say it. But no, I, I agree. I, I think Pat can get in. All right. We'll see. 20 to 13 Steelers, that'd be nice. I wouldn't be mad. We'll see if it can happen. And we'll see what Kenny Pickett can do. It's the ball's in your court. Show us what you can do. Ball is in Kenny's court. Let's, let's hope for a bounce back. We, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got some grit. Let's see if he, can, uh, if he can make moves here. He's been down like this before, and he's recovered. Back at Pitt, he was, everybody said he was done and wrote him off. Let's see if he can turn around just like he did in college. All right, let's hope so. All right, man. Well, time to wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you after the Bengals. Thanks, everyone. Peace.